podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of the Affiliates Weird Podcast. I didn't even know what episode it was there. Then I remembered I made such a big bloody fuss about last week's episode being episode 90. So, you know, by process of continuation, this is episode 91. Hello, welcome. Hope everybody is feeling well, feeling good, excited, looking forward to the podcast. Um, If you're not feeling well, if you're not feeling good, if something's up, something's bothering you, something's upsetting you, you know, maybe just give a shout to one of your friends or your family members about it and just, you know, have a wee chat, you know. Mightn't seem like uh, what's going on in your lives may be solvable, mightn't feel like it's the best, but hey, a wee chat helps, you know. It's not quite like Tesco's, every little helps, because that's a full slogan and I'll probably get sued for saying that, but I mean, you know, it's good to talk. The pun man, you know, I just go through (laughs) O2. Go through Tesco's, just all the slogans. But yeah, anyway, genuinely, I hope people are feeling well. I'll tell you what, I'm feeling well this week. Um, I know a lot of people were probably left on tenderhooks last week because the podcast came out on a Monday as per as it normally does. You know, albeit late because I set the time wrong on it. Set it for 7pm rather than am because I'm, I'm mentally inept. But um, my head was in other places because, um, of course, I did my... My big one-hour show last Sunday in the Black Box. My dad show. Now, I'd said in last week's podcast, hey, this podcast could depend solely on how that show went. I've done that particular show twice before. I say twice before. The name of the show, the poster, Dad. I did that show with that name twice before. I haven't actually sat down and worked on it as I did for last week's show. Last week's show was, in terms of comedy, my favourite ever night, I think, in, in stand-up. Because I feel like the last few times I've done our shows, uh, I, was, I wasn't as prepared as I should have been, or as I needed to be, do you know? Whereas last week I treated it like, right, this is something I want to do, this is something I want to be working on this is a career that i want i want people to come and see the best show the best version of me and i feel 90 percent happy with it few wee bits that can be worked on yeah but i mean here's the thing with shows like that normally you do preview shows normally you do work in progress shows normally you do that kind of show on like a tour or take it to edinburgh for talk's sake the fringe which is on the month of august you know and that sort of thing whereas with myself, I just kind of did it. I wrote it and kind of did it. Tried bits and stuff at comedy clubs here and there, you know, worked on the material a bit, but never actually sat and, and worked the whole, the whole hour. Now, as I've said many times, I watched the last time I did the show back, cringing through my fingers. I watched it, you know, and it was uh, hard going. There were some bits in it now, to be fair, were decent. You know, some bits stayed, some bits I kept in the show, some bits I reworked, but the whole thing, I just wanted to be like, look, I want to put out a show here that people will go away from going, that was very funny. First and foremost, that was very funny. I wanted to appeal to as many people as possible, and I want people who are parents to be able to laugh, people who are expecting parents to be able to laugh, people who are not parents to be able to relate to some of the things that may happen in the future, and just other people who like to have a good time, to have a laugh. And I feel, for the first time in my career as a comedian, that I came off actually going, I enjoyed that hour, you know? Like obviously, when you do sets, 
in clubs, you know you've done well straight away from the feedback. But when you do an hour, it's hard to keep people's attention that whole time. Whereas um, I really worked on that, and I felt I think I actually did an hour and ten minutes, which was good because I mean, um, there may be someone on something online here in terms of when I may do that gig again. Um, albeit it will not be in Belfast. I think the dad show is as good as done in Belfast, unless there is some kind of. Um, unparalleled demand for it i think it's it's probably canned in belfast you can work out what that means yourselves but um as far as that goes i think it'll be done and i have to give a big shout out to graham watson who organized it as uh, part of the comedy lab he runs the infinite jest um page and, and he was great in in terms of uh promoting the gig, putting it on, helping with it. You know, he was fantastic. Um, and again, it's lovely to have, have it sold out too. It's nice for the old ego, considering especially that I've done it a couple of times before. And in my opinion, sucked. But um, this time it, it was different and it felt great. Um, other major shout out to my boy, Sugar Aaron Butler, or Aaron Sugar Butler, you know, the sugar butt. Anyway, he, he filmed the, the gig and sent me a rough cut of it. And you know what? Hey, I put my hands up and say, when I look like shit, and I also put my hands up when I think I look sexy as fuck. And he made me look very sexy. You know, he made he made one old da very happy. So I've watched some of that footage back. And the first time, not cringing. You know, not watching myself going, uh, why am I doing this? I am just a shit stand-up. I'm just a guy that shouldn't be doing it. You know, that's what I feel when I've watched myself back before. I was like, that's just a guy up there that should not be at doing this whereas when I watched this one back I was like you know what there may be something there so it's encouraged me and already this week I've kind of blasted out a few new segments a few new bits and bobs ready to ready to get going you know a few new bits of material that I'm actually excited about writing you know because I think with the build up the show you get such in the zone you know you get so much into that zone of going right this is a show this has to happen here this needs to work there what would link this particular bit to this bit would this bit fit into this show, part of the show better should it maybe move this from the closer into the middle all kinds of stuff whereas when you're writing new material you're just like is this bit funny and if it is you write it and then you worry about segueing it into shows and stuff down the line you worry about that later on you know you just go here not my problem stick it in there but it's done it's dusted and i am just really thankful so if you came to the show um you know really thanks thanks very much for it i really appreciate it you know um i, I really you know it's a straight that's the strangest thing for me um in doing stand-up even doing podcasts as well is that you you find you know people listen to your stuff come to your gigs that maybe you're you're not sure about you know like you don't know that, that this is happening you know and whenever you actually see physical people in front of you doing a show it's 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 a, it's touching you know it, it is it, it really is a you know it really is a strange feeling you know because again i say like i'm sitting here talking in a room don't know who's listening people all over the world are listening people are flipping tibet Weird, weird the people listening to Tibet, but I mean, there's people who've listened to this podcast in Tibet. You just, it just goes over your head. It's just you, you know, me sitting in a room sometimes talking, talking shit that I'm going, why did that leave my mouth? Am I going to get cancelled? Is this what's going to happen? People going to be like, Dave Elliott is cancelled because he's a terrible man. You do worry about that, you know. Everything that I say will be in jest, apart from like you know things that I say in relation to immigration because I feel strongly about that. 
only joking. Nah, but um, no, it is great, and I appreciate everyone came out. And also, um, big shout out to Shane McMullen who came and had a had a great chat with me. Um, after the show, really appreciated that, my man, and um, is a Patreon as well. You know, so I mean, hey, not lie. All I'm saying is, I enjoy talking to you as a guy. You know, I thought you're a good guy. But whenever uh, you know you're a Patreon, you're just that little, little bit, little bit sweeter. You know, you're the the the, the creme de la creme. And hey, Patreon, it's still it's still kicking out there. We haven't had any new patrons since um since I last did the podcast, which is kind of sly, you know, because um you know we're still trying to. It's like we're still, hey babe, we're still trying to get that camera. You know, we're still trying to get this recorded. Which to be fair, tonight it would be an absolute shambles because I spilt a load of water over everything. But um, if you want a wee sneak peek as to what my podcast may look like with the camera, go and listen to the current Boytown podcast because this particular week I had done my show, Shane was doing a preview show, just no time in the day for the two of us to get together. We were just going to cancel it all together, but I said, look, hey guys, I don't want to call myself a hero. You know, there are heroes out there that do valiant jobs, valiant things, things that save lives, you know, things that cure illness. You know, things that are selfless. And then there's this guy, which is just all three kind of in one. And I did the Boytown podcast very last minute by myself. Was it the best podcast in the world? Nah, not at all. No. Um, it was hard to, you know, I didn't want to just come on and do this podcast to the Boytown audience because they're a bit different. You know, they want to be a bit, I just did the questions. You know, I could have got into this, but then I thought to myself, you know what? I've got more weirdos out there that want the weird podcast themselves. You know, they don't want to feel like I've just given my podcast energy for the week to the Boytown podcast, which, you know, I do every time but when it's when it's the two of us, but I feel like I didn't want to just do a carbon copy of the weird podcast because then I would have nothing to talk about. But, um... Yeah, big shout out to all my, my Patreons, Wilson, Chris, Luke, Paul, John, Joe, and Shane, the boys, you know, get some girls in there, get some diversity, you know, maybe if I get some diversity in my patrons, maybe I'll get some diversity in my lineups, oh, dab, ongoing joke, by the way, guys, girls, you know, everybody knows I'm a diverse guy, you know, I'm so, di- so like, different parts of my body are different things, you know, I'm, my head that you can see is masculine, you know, it's hairy, and there's a beard on that, you know, my um, my left foot's actually Taiwanese, uh, bet you didn't know that, but you haven't seen my bare left foot, you know, um, the sternocleidomastoid on my right leg is Peruvian, my ribcage is Roman Catholic, my nipples are Buddhist, and my genitalia is female. So there you have me, the diverse guy. It was Pride this weekend. You know, a lot of people um, doing proud things, being proud of themselves, their sexuality, their genders, oh, just owning themselves, you know, living the best life for themselves, which I think is great. It's superb time of the year it's a great parade people go out they dance the shimmy like only as as proud people can if you know what i mean and um, maybe less proud people couldn't dance like somebody who i would say is not if, like extremely proud to say and uh, per se should i say would be uh, jim wells you know off the dup i don't think jim wells would be out shaking 
what he's what he's working with is moneymaker, as uh, Murphy Lee said. No, it's his tail feather. Murphy Lee shook. Oh shit! But I can't see him shaking. Whereas, like, if you were to go someone to somebody who is overly proud, um, you would say that Jake Shears from the Scissor Sisters, pretty good mover, pretty good mover, and shaker. I would say. So it's been fun. I didn't get the pride this year, unfortunately, because I um, had to look after Holly, and she just would have been a bloody nightmare. Do you know? She would have just been, if she threw a strop or, or you know, showed me up, I would not be, not be a happy camper at all with that, you know? So I didn't bother going to pride, effectively. Uh, I did have a very enjoyable weekend, however, I did... Uh, Lilo, I've been looking forward to this weekend for a long time with the build up to the show. A lot of energy, a lot of uh, nervous energy, a lot of like effort towards doing the show. So this weekend I decided I was just going to kick back, have a few beers, eat a pizza, play some PlayStation, watch some comedy, and I did, and it was nice. And then on Sunday, the Lord's Day, I. Uh, Got up and did a, a bit of walking, went out and met a friend of mine and his child and we went for a nice walk around the grounds of Bangor Castle, how you do? <laughs> and uh, we then went to the wall garden where I smelled flowers and I just enjoyed the sunshine. So it was a really nice weekend, I feel good, I feel relaxed um, and I'm, I'm nice and chilled and I'm ready to, to crack on with some more some more stand-up and stuff, so yeah, it's been pretty good. I feel like this podcast, I just don't know what it is. I, I, there's not a wild lot I want to really hit on this week. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it's it's just a bit of a, a relaxing one. I, again, there are some things I want to tell people. Again, this is not connected to Pride, by the way, but there is something I want to tell the listeners, some, you know, thing that may be happening in nine episodes' time. Hmm? you think about that one same way as the way I'm not doing the dad show in Belfast but I may be doing the show let's say one two three four five five more times in different locations maybe but I can't announce that yet if I could announce it I'd be buzzing like my cousin but I can't because nothing's confirmed yet so hopefully by next week I'll have a few things set in stone I'll have a few things indelibly etched uh, in the announcement diary but until then all I can say is here guys I've got gigs coming up. I've got uh, Lavery's, Lavery's Comedy Club on Wednesday. That's the 7th of August. And it's at the annual Lazy Fringe at Lavery's whereby Colin puts on a night for people who, CBA basically, go to the Edinburgh Fringe, whether that be an audience or act. So it's always a stacked lineup. It's always, always a lot of people doing stand-up. It's always a fun night. It's sort of one of those nights that... You look forward to in the calendar, you know, you've got uh, the Lavery's Christmas dinner, the comedians do, should I say, which is always the best night of the year, apart from whenever you have a child, like I did a couple of years ago, and then it was just horrendous, and I had to go home, and it was, it was terrible, but normally it's the, the best night of the stand-up year for, for the crack, you know, and uh, the Lazy Fringe is, is not far behind, but it's mainly because it's... Uh, it's just just a lot of people on, a lot of banter, you know, a lot of fun. So check that out. I will be, you know what? I'm gonna try some new stuff. 
I'm going to try some new stuff um, and we'll see how that goes but I'm looking forward to that then Pug Ugly's Comedy Club is back on the 15th of August uh, Line Up has been confirmed as myself hosting you know the the MC but a bit of bing ping so dunani 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 ting boing with little bits of luck we can make it through the night that's just some standard MCing I'm going to be hosting it, doing freestyle MC, not comedy. You know, that's all I'm going to do. Yo, with your hands in the air, go bow. I'm going to do all that shit. So if you want to see that, it's on the 15th of August. Support comes from a man, Sugar Butler, and headlining is Colin Geddes. Wow, that is a strong lineup, both physically and comedically. Do you know, well, maybe Butler's not strong. He's what like wiry, he might be wiry strong. He's more like a wee straw weight or something, but again... I don't know whether he's been pumping. He used to be, be big into the gym. I think he's more like in the... He doesn't want to be muscle-bound. He wants to be lucid so his, his body can move, so he can do things like like dance very fluidly. And then also that leads to other things being pretty fluid. All I'm saying is thrust hip action, like a shotgun, but bam. Just sex is what I'm talking about. But there's that. And then also a new gig that I'm headlining that I didn't actually... No was being announced, but hey, I'm doing the Origin of Laughs, which is a new gig that's going to be on on the 23rd of August in Balmina. So if any of you guys are Balmaniacs or whatever, get to that show. And William Thompson, my man Hamiltini, is going to be there, and he's going to be uh, doing support. So I mean, that's a couple of sexy guys with a few other sexy guys as well having a good time. Do you know, once again... Not diverse, but I don't give ah shit. I nearly I get too theatrically in the fuck there, but it might it might upset some people. So that's the gigs that we've we've got going. Let me just see where I'm at for again. I've probably done yeah twenty minutes. I'm not going to be shutting off just yet, but it's it's definitely going to be a wee bit shorter this time because I'm just a really really warm guy. I want to chill out and eat some flipping yogurt and watch the telly. That's really. Really it because again, guys, I'm I'm back being a physique guy again. I'll be a pizza and a beer last night. Like look at Dwayne the Rock Johnson, DTRJ. Like he would have his wee cheat days, and, and I think it gets you through. But I've been training well this week. I'm actually still sweating because I did a bit of a workout in my garage there, and uh, yeah, it's feeling good. Good. I'm gonna try and strike with a consistency. Bit of walking today, bit of weights tonight. Um, it's two days. I'm not gonna blow my own trumpet, but it is. It is two days. But here. I need to do a quick community announcement for the uh, for the the weird community. Now this is a thing that you know I'm not doing. So if anyone wants to put some community adverts out there, I want to give a shout out once again. I, I told you I'm doing a dating service here. I need people. If you're keen, get in touch with Emer. She's a weirdo. She's listening to podcast. Great taste. You know what can I say? Why would you not want to take her on a date? And why, why don't you take her to see one of my shows? You know what I mean? Because you're getting what you want. You know, she's getting what she wants, a date and entertainment. So, I mean, do that. Um, and just get straight onto her Instagram. You know, her handle is at, which is we at, sign, Emer3. So that's 
at E-N-E, three R's, and then number three. So if you are a weird guy out there, as in you listen to the podcast, not actually, because, I mean, we want to make sure people's health and safety requirements are, are met, you know, but if you're interested in in taking Nemo on a date, you know, just, she's she basically said, look, she's thirsty for weirdos, so get into those DMs, offer a date, hit her with some weird banter, and hey, if there's a date out of this, I am effectively Cupid, you know, I do dress like him quite a lot of the time in just an appy, and shoot people with arrows, whether they're for it or against it, but... That's what's happening. So slide on in there, and then Emer, if you're listening yourself and you hear this, and people are in there and they're 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 dropping you messages, let me know so I can just sit smugly in my tower, knowing that I'm spreading love quite literally. You know, it makes me feel really good to know that I'm just spreading the love to everyone. Pride. That's why I feel proud. So let me know about that, and. Yeah, all that love, and it, when I was saying that, and I was starting to talk about health and safety, it made me remember a dream that I had this week, which has actually made me very uncomfortable all week. Now, I say all week, at the dream about two nights ago, when I was, like, here's the thing, right? The weather over here is too hot. You know, we discussed it last week, but said, listen, this weather needs to go away. Go to Spain, head over there on the plane, even though the song means, like, literal land, but, I mean, get on the actual aeroplane, Take yourself to Spain, stay there, and whenever I want to see you, mister, I'll hop on a wee plane, I'll come see you. Lee, get out, you know, get out of, get out of, get out of anger, get this heat away. Couldn't sleep the other night, was up in bed. My wife, she is just some kind of human radiating, radiating device, and I say human radiator. She's very hot, both in body heat and appearance, right? And... I was too warm for that, and I was like, and you know when you're like uncomfortable in bed, you're uncomfortable, you're sleepy, you throw wee mini tantrums, you know, and you're, you get up, you, <laughs> you make that noise, <clears throat> and you're just flipping about, you're there in your box, and you're flipping about, and you're, ah, flip. you know, albeit like, when you swing a wee bit, your, pain, your, your pace, I mean, that's probably most people, bounces from knee to knee, that's what I find, anyway, that's so awkward, embarrassing to say it. but yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm fucking uncomfortable, so I went to the spare bed, Got in the spare bed, thought, ah, this would be cooler. Lay down, head in the pillow, no duvet, just beside me. Then for some reason, the duvet started omitting heat. And I was like, oh my fucking God. It's like sauna in here too. Then I get even more angry. You, know, you hit the bed. You, you don't awake your daughter. She's like, oh, fuck. So it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll just stay awake all night. But then you know that if you're sleep deprived, you die. So they don't want to be sleep deprived either. It's like, there's only one thing for it. And I slept on the floor. I slept on the bedroom floor, like where Shaggy got caught by his mate, you know, sleeping on the bedroom floor. Except I wasn't banging on the bathroom floor as Shaggy's mate was. Which is weird in that song, isn't it? The way she would come in and she caught me red-handed, creeping with the girl next door. Picture this, we were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. I had tried to keep her from what she was about to see. Why wouldn't she believe me when I told her it wasn't me? Well, because she sat and watched you. And, and like, there's a line in song, she stayed till he finished. So, like, that woman walked in. It's like, there's my boyfriend shagging someone on the bathroom floor. Let me just take a minute to confirm his identity. Yep. Tip still fucking, may I add? Still. St- yep. Okay. Mm. 
yep, that's definitely him, for sure. And then he's like, turns around, hey, it wasn't me. You know, that's bad friend advice from the Shaggy, to be fair. Wasn't me, you know. But that, that was going on. I was sleeping on the, the, the bedroom floor, and it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't a good night's sleep. And then normally when you have dreams or you have nightmares, you don't fully remember them. But nah, I had one that was fluid, it was lucid, it was my liquid dream. And I just remember everything. It wasn't sexy though, but it was just like I was really there. And it made me afraid of, being, of living in my own house. Because what happened in my dream, right? I drove my car, which I drive, um, around the corner into my street, um, parked up into the driveway. Holly and Catherine must have already been been in the house. In fact, no, they were away somewhere because the car was away, right? I think it wasn't explained in the dream, right? So I would have gone and checked on them first and foremost. But there's a bit of a kerfuffle going on in the street. By kerfuffle, I mean I can see sirens. Not sirens, I can just see the blue and blue light flashing. There's no noise in the dream. There's no, you know, you know, it's just flashing light. There's a dull sense of trepidation in the air. The night is heavy, probably because of the actual heat that my body was experiencing while my mind was thinking about this. I looked down the street, I saw a gathering of people outside a house, see the lights flashing, um, there's some tears, people are not not hysterical, just upset, and, but I can hear a muffled, like proper hysterical crying coming. As I get closer, I realise the front door of a house is wide open. It's um, It's been taped, you know, with that crime scene tape. And I just look in and see the full body of a, a random guy who my brain has just put as a neighbour. And he's just being brutally killed. And obviously, in that scenario, I went, the police here, guys, at ease. Big Davey's got this. Let me just... And I walked over the tape, and I walked in, and I remember looking at the body, being like, hmm... Definitely going to sting in the morning, that one. And then I went into the police and I'm like, well, what's going on here? And then they told me basically that this, the, the mother of this guy had killed him, but she had had some sort of moment whereby she was either like sleepwalking or in some, she did not have any knowledge that she did it. So then there's this full mind psychosis going on being like no did is she trying to fool us or could she was hysterical you know and then it was just a really freaky dream and it's made me like then look at my house being like did she do it did somebody else do it then plant the evidence is there going to be bad people about my house you know should i be worried about people lurking here and there give me the willies and ever since then now i'm recording this podcast with my back to my window you know there could be a scary guy there with a really sharp knife and that's not you know, sweet. And the only thing I can think that put that particular horrific scene in my mind, again, can you get post-traumatic stress disorder from dreams? I don't know, because I was terrified of that, and I have not felt great ever since. And I mean, if I were to see a dead body, you know, would it traumatise me as much as that? I don't know. The only time I've ever seen a horrendously dead body like other than like family members who've passed away and then being presented by like undertakers. That's fine. I've seen that. It's sad. But when I was on a rugby tour in South Africa, I'd seen somebody who had been uh, hanged and set on fire, which as a 16-year-old, not ideal. But on the bright side, the guy in question was so burned that 
you couldn't like really see anything. It just looked like something like it looks like like a big old overcooked bit of meat on a barbecue hanging from but you could see what it was and it was a bit gr- grim but this dream could see way more freaked me out and the only thing that I can think that's made me put that in my head was I read this story about uh, a, a riot in a Brazilian prison now basically at least 52 inmates dead and 16 decapitated heads cut off um, as rival gangs had this like uh, riot in Brazil basically and yeah it was on the 29th of July in some area of Brazil but I mean why, why decapitate people do you know what I mean that'll just stick in my poor head my impressionable head and cause me trauma mentally down the line do you know what I mean don't be doing that and to be fair if it's going to happen anywhere it's going to happen in Brazil because that's what those guys are famous for do you know what I mean you think of Brazil you think of football you think of big booties and you think of decapitation you know, same way you think about France, you think about baguettes and wine. You think about Italy, you think about Bolognese. You think about Japan, you think about Zumo, you think about sushi. Everything of reference there has been food because I'm a big guy. But that's what you think. And in Brazil, you're just cutting off heads and ticky-tack of football. You know, that's all it is. You could probably do ticky-tack of football with a head in Brazil in some parts. I'm sure you probably have. That's happened. Do you know what I mean? But it was just something that really... Yeah, it, it, it was a weird one. Does anyone out there have any interpretation of what that dream meant? Why I'm a... Why I don't, didn't do... Why why did I turn into Christopher Walken for that bit? Uh, why that's happened to me? Anyone want to interpret that for me? Why am I dreaming about seeing eviscerated people? And why am I a crime scene investigator? Please let me know if you know any of that stuff because I'd be glad to... Anyway, I'm just gonna I'm going on the listeners' questions because I feel like I'm going down a wee hole here. Um and we'll just get this done. Whoa, nearly dropped my uh, my phone on top of the computer, which would have been a really ungodly sound for you poor people to listen to. Um Right. Here we are. Twitter. Jamie Harrison said, any posters in your wall growing up? And he sent me a pretty sweet bit of art of like this nice young teenage guy from the 90s room, which is just a load of sweet posters in it. Um, now, what did I have in my room? Again, probably a lot of Arsenal football club stuff. You know, big Arsenal fan growing up. Remember, I had a Dennis Burkamp poster. But the two posters that uh, live in my head the most are the two life-size posters I had of Gladiators jet and lightning now I probably didn't have a pick of hair or testosterone or spunk near my balls in those days but I tell you what I knew what a sexy woman was that's for sure and jet and lightning were there they were probably one of my first crushes but they definitely were you know I could just see them you know climbing up on rings with me and wrapping their big muscly legs around my neck and just you know quaffing on my head probably as a child that's what I would have imagined but they were very sexy, and they were my posters. Look at some of these posters on here. So there's, uh, you got some Indiana Jones up there, RoboCop, Star Wars. Yeah, this guy's room's probably the room of a, yeah, a guy looks like twelve. So that de- yeah, it's definitely a virgin guy. But I mean, you know, get some ditties up there, guy. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're missing out. Nathan Concilia said, "Hi, Dave. Hope you're having a lovely weekend. You mentioned the other week that you'd be going to see Ramstein." But I'd be keen to know if you have a favourite album of theirs. Hard to beat, right, 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 Risa, Risa. 
again, Rice or Rice, probably, in my humble opinion. Well, you know what? I'm going to be a wee bit of a, an out there kind of guy, and I'm going to say I like the album Mutter. 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 That's creepy. I think I could do probably do a Rammstein voice with enough practice, but um, you <laughs> links for the right feelings. <laughs> so bad, but yeah, I'm gonna say Mutter because that was the album that kind of got me interested in what they were. You know, hey, that was an album that I listened to at an age where I didn't know Rammstein. Listened to that album, I was like, hey, they've shown me what they're about. There, I'm interested in that. And I, and I like it. I'll tell you what, the new album, Ramstein, or as uh, my wife Catherine refers to him, Ramingstein, you know, which is what I would be doing if Beerfest comes back to the King's Hall, ramming a few steins into me. Danke schön. But yeah, I'd probably say that Mooder just because it was the one that got me into them. Risa, Risa, Risa. That, guys, I apologise for that terrible, terrible Ramenstein impersonation, but I, I will work on that and I will deliver you a good Ramstein for next week. Um, let me see. It's nice how quick I, I, I've prepared the questions this week, isn't it? Chris Henning said, Chortle, Chortle, Dave, recording on a Friday. Hey, you got me, good banter. Uh, again, it's Sunday. Anyways, I'm supporting the Weird Podcast Live movement. If you need some content, maybe the Patreons could fight to the death. Just a suggestion. Anyhow, my question this week is, who is your favourite Patreon? You know what? Chris... You're a Patreon. I love you. Can I pick one? It's, I mean, it's like being, it's like picking from your children. You know, it's hard to pick a favorite child. I have one child only, and I can't pick who my favorite child is. You know, so it's gonna be very difficult to pick a favorite Patreon. Now, I personally wouldn't promote or condone a fight between the Patreons because, effectively, then if it was to the death, there would be one Patreon left and I would not have, have six Patreons out of, of one and I'd be nowhere near getting the uh, the camera that I need to make this a, a video podcast so I wouldn't um, condone that but I mean I think probably if I were to pick a favourite it's got to be Shane you know or John Joe or Paul or Luke or yourself or Wilson it's you know I it's one of those six that's all I'm saying but hey if you want to make the question even more difficult for me to ponder over the next week. Guys, sign up to Patreon. Help me get this camera because, hey, I'll be able to put content out on Patreon specific to the Patreons. I'm working on something, something to do that, you know, and with regards to the live podcast. Um, I don't know how to put it. Let's just say negotiations are at an advanced stage. Is it Harry Maguire to Man United advanced? Mm. Is it Nicholas Pepe at Arsenal advanced? Mm. But that's all I'm going to say about that just at this particular stage. Some good uh, dead air for you there. Oshina said, Hey Dad, come the resurrection of the YouTube channel when you get the video podcast up and running. Do you plan on doing any other vids as well? Hashtag Nate's cool wrestling vlog. Yes, yeah, probably reference to video I did last year. It was shit. You know, I kind of just was trying a few things out. Didn't really have any longevity in what it was. But I mean, I, I, have, I have a backlog of sketches that I need to get filmed. That you'll get done at some stage. But I'm gonna, I think for me, I'm not hunting out a character per se. I'm just looking to do sketches. If something hits and there's life in it, it can, it can grow and blossom by all means. But for me, I think 
searching for a viral character just will drive you mad. You know, obviously there's characters there like Barry the Blender, Mike McGoldrick, which have worked really well for um, Colin and Shane, but they've just shown genius to, to find those characters, whereas, I mean, I would have to sit and I don't know where, where to pick. You know, because then again, you get guys like that that do great characters, and then there's other people that do characters not so great. So I mean, you don't you don't want to risk that affecting what you're looking to do as an act, if you will. But um, I'll definitely be putting more video content out, hopefully soon, rather than later, Oshin. You know, because I'm I'm really scundered for myself because I've not really put enough out. Um, great question from Jody Short. Jody has said. I cut a bunch of trees down at this place and when I was almost finished for the day an ex-Northern Ireland international who will remain nameless for legal reasons came running down with his wee mate and took a pure rager at me for cutting the trees down. So my question is have you ever gotten into an altercation with an ex-international footballer? Oh. P.S. Tell Emer I'm 24, single and good mates with Papa Bear. So... I mean, what more do you want than that? Is this could this be loves in the air everywhere I look around? Did everyone notice I actually have like I know Shane and I do sing off some boy town the other time. I am actually a really good singer, aren't I? Like Shane, not so much. Me, yeah, yeah. I'll give you one from last week if you're listening to Metallica. But um, have I ever gotten into an altercation with an ex-international footballer? Um. Not really an altercation, only t- the story that I remember. It might be one I've told in the podcast before. For anyone that has heard it, apologies for repeating myself. If I haven't, there's a time, me and a few friends, we were at uni. I went over to visit them over in Newcastle. We ended up going to this club whereby it was different than nightclubs that there are in Belfast because women have boobs out. Hey, who doesn't love boobs when you're 23, am I right, eh? Or still ever. Um, but... Yeah, we were in this bar basically having a nice time and then just down these steps come two Premier League footballers who cannot be named to play for Newcastle, but it was Albert Luque and Celestine Babiaro, right, just for the banter. And um, we were like, oh my God, Celestine Babiaro, oh, Celestine. And he's just walking by, high-fiving all the lads, just being a great guy. Albert Luque, probably a bit more embarrassed at the back, not long moved there, probably hasn't the full grasp of English. Celestine's like, hey, my man, let me, so he's, no, in fact, I'll probably do the accent. He's like, hey, my man, why don't you fucking come down the tone with me and I'll show you a, pro- a good team? And is that the way Celestine Babiaro speaks? Probably not. But he brought him down the town, he brought him down the tone, showed him a fucking proper team league. As a part of gas, kind of take him down the tone. Do you want to have a fucking... Celestine, Celestine, it's me, Gaza. You want to fucking call a tone, you fucking paint a white Gaza, go fishing and put a bit of bread in a fish hood and probably drink there, lad, man. Aye, aye. No, no, you don't. Spawn, mate, have a good one. And then that was great. I saw Bobby Arrow, we thought, what a great guy. Next morning, eating a pasty from the night before, dying of the hangover, watching Sky Sports News on the TV. Along the bottom, in yellow writing, comes a wee news announcement. Celestine Barbiaro ruled out of Newcastle's game on the, the weekend. Injured. Injury? Groin strain. Go ahead, Celestine, you wee hero. You know, that was good. That was about the only sort of footballing experience I really had, apart from actually going on the pints one night with Dwight York, again in Newcastle. But 
that was yeah nothing terrible with uh, that particular case. No no real physical fights with ex Northern Ireland footballers. Um, <laughs> but I enjoyed that question. Um, let me see where are we at. See this, it's an absolute bloody nightmare. Um, Gareth Owens has said, Hey Dave, keep missing the call for questions. Hopefully in time this week. Hey man, you are. I keep hearing you talk about the Champions League of Weird. I've missed the boat on this. What the F is it? And are you going to bring it back? P.S. Doing a live podcast. Well, the Champions League of Weird was where I basically selected pot, like a load of weird people, put them in a pot, drew them all out. And then put them against each other to decipher who was the weirdest person in the world. That's basically what the Champions League weirded. weird is. And it was just fun, the segment. I think I might bring it back. Um, if, again, people want it, I'll put, put a wee poll on my Instagram. I'll go from there. But, hey, it was a fun segment. I just ended up having a child and getting busy. And it was, like, it was literally too much hassle to do it. But I will do it now because the podcast has a proper amount of listeners now. Like back in the day, it was like six people. Whereas now I've got a few hundred every week listening to me talking shite, right? So here we are, eight star, and we find here, guys. This is a week of exclusives. You know, we might have a date for Emer. We may have some announcements, real live show, and now we know eight star's real name. It's Helen. Spoiler alert! Wow. Does your comedy ever interfere with your real life? For example, have your parents or in-laws or colleagues ever mentioned something you've said on a podcast or in a show? Or do they know what to expect now? Is it more awkward to perform in front of people you know from Helen, a.k.a. it start? Well, to be honest with you, Helen, I, I like Helen. I'm going to call you by that. It's your real name. You know, I feel like now we're, we're friends, we're born. Helen, right? So, in the very outset, my wife girlfriend at the time should have been when I was doing my show 30 years of Dave um, I had this particular bit which, a bit surreal it was about going to but in accidentally taking drugs whilst I was in Amsterdam, getting high inadvertently um, and thinking that you know once you get high your mind opens you learn new things, therefore as a result of that I could just fully speak Dutch right? and then certain things meant different things like what we would understand as being a nightclub in English was in Dutch a brothel right and then it went basically long story short I ended up talking about rimming right rimming for those of you who don't know is the act of pleasuring somebody via licking their butthole right <laughs> so I um, had that particular bit as a closer in the show right bit vulgar um, but very funny to be fair at the time worked so um, Catherine's parents were going to go to the show so I had to sit them down and be like look there's a bit I do in the show um, about you know rimming a prostitute and being rimmed by a prostitute uh, it's all stand up it's all funny all jokes all made up you know so I had to explain that to them which was alright you know it was awkward I just didn't want them to be there and then be like oh my god he's disgraceful and, you know I had to explain kind of you know like behind the magician's code to them I had to explain like you know a bit like for example if I write a bit that I think's funny um, for example there's a bit of do about but going to the doctor right long story short I thought it would be funny to mix up something you say to a doctor that's literally how that whole bit came to be I thought right there's something imagine if I said instead of saying hey doc what do you think this is I said hey doc what do you think of this 
you know, it takes on a different meaning. So that was that bit. So then I wrote a whole bit around that. Same thing on the written bit, wrote it all around it. So I had to explain that to them. And um, the only thing that's ever awkward is if, like, your parents would invite people to shows and they maybe don't know what you're like. They know you as a nice guy, a nice, a nice like, son. They don't know you as kind of this the potty-mouthed Trojan, you know, they don't know that. But, um, yeah, to be totally honest with you, I prefer an audience of, like... People that don't really don't know, you know, like maybe people that have listened to the podcast or know me from something else and just want to come to see me as a stand-up. I find like there's some pressure if people are there, family or friends, because then they, they judge you as a guy off the stand-up. So I, I prefer to do it to an audience that, that aren't family or friends because you get a more honest uh, opinion and feedback from people that are there just to watch the comedy. So, um, yeah, thanks for the question, Helen. Um, and also thanks for unveiling your name. I thought that was actually a really great question that I enjoyed answering. Um, Shay said, Hey son, could you give your thoughts and opinions on the relationship between ASAP Rocky and Donald Trump? Yours sincerely, Dad. Um, well, hey guy, you know, Trump, for some reason, I don't, I don't know why he's such a big fan of ASAP Rocky. I don't understand it. I don't even know if he likes his music. But it's odd. Um, I, did, I did put a tweet out about it saying, hey, if Bill Clinton was as into rap music as Donald Trump is, we'd still have Big A and Pac, which is true because people, like, Clinton didn't get involved enough in that feud. He didn't step in and be like, you're two of the... Worst impression ever. You're two of the best rappers in the world. You gotta... You're two of the best rappers in the world. You gotta stop this beef and suck my dick. You know... I couldn't, I couldn't do that, Bill Clinton at all. I, I think Bill Clinton's more like this. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Whereas the whole thing, I try to... <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm turning into George... I'm turning into George W. Bush, former president of the United States of America. Now watch this drive. You know, I, I find like I was going down that route. But yeah... I think that uh, Trump, I think Trump's just lost a run of himself, shame man. You know, really do. Uh, Chris Barr, the question. Whoa. Um, hey, Dave, hope you're uh, you're well and all set for Pride this weekend. Here's this week's weird story. And I, I'll tell you what, I like the image that it's accompanied with. Um, dwarf stripper gets bride pregnant on her hen night. Oh, why? A Spanish woman's been forced to confess to cheating to her husband-to-be in her hen night with a dwarf stripper after she, after she gave birth to a baby with dwarfism. Oh, man. You can you can be a dwarf from just having a regular person in jeans. Why do you not just say, you know, I don't know what happened. Maybe I say you've got a small dick, so the dwarf is from a small dick, you know, maybe... Um, but her husband believed the baby was his and that it had been conceived during her honeymoon, but his wife had to confess to the infidelity after the repeat after he repeatedly questioned doctors as to how a baby could have been born with dwarfism. The woman's not been named, but according to the local report, she felt compelled to tell her husband, Oh no, poor guy. There's nothing that that worries me more than the thought of like having a child that not not as a dwarf, but nothing that worries me more is the thought of having a child. And thinking it's mine and not being mine. If I found out Holly's wasn't Holly was a mine, I would be so upset. But what I want to know is what's the best cover story you've used to hide something? Um oh, that's a deep and personal question. Um I tried to oh horrible. We um I was trying to tell us and I was gonna it's getting a bit too personal there. But um 
I don't even know what the... I remember I used to be shit at it when I worked in the gym. I remember this one time, I was so hungover, couldn't go into work, phoned in and was like, here, I've been blocked last night, I don't know where I've ended up. I went, oh, where are you? And for some reason, instead of just going, you know, Donegal, I went, Kuala Lumpur? And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, I don't know how I ended up in Kuala Lumpur, but it's like, when did you go there? And I was like, oh, just yesterday. And like, it takes over a day to get there. And I went, hey, <laughs> I don't know. But the best cover story, again, I'm not much of a liar. I always get flipping found out because I think I put it down to my parents. They always used to tell me when I lied that my forehead went red. So whenever I went up to tell them something and I was lying, I covered my forehead. And then they were like, you're lying and we know. And I just always felt like that is what would catch me, do you know? So that was always always pretty bad. Um let's see. Colin Geddes, my man, has asked a fucking brilliant question. Um are there any skinny dudes with hairy backs? I'm gonna be be honest with you and say no. I think the only people other than like big units that have hairy backs are Persian people. You see people from Persia, they get a thick black hair across their little booty. They get it and they just fully black. They like uh, not their skin, their hair is black all over the body. But I don't think I think it's definitely a bigger dude thing. Any guys I know who have a bit of size about them have the hairy back. It's like once you hit, you know, seventeen stone in the scales, your back hair just goes. It's out of there, do you know. Whereas like I have very bare legs. Like my legs look like I shave them a bit. But as you rise up my body. Um, it's just like a, a crescendo of hair across my back and chest and then just ceases once it gets to past my beard. Start going bald again. It's bullshit. But if you are a skinny guy with body hair, please get in touch. I would be keen to hear that. And guys, I think I've talked enough shit for one week. All I'm going to say now is if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. Believe it or not, I've got 98 reviews. If I get the 100 reviews, and if someone actually physically writes a review on Apple Podcast, I'll give you, if you're the 100th review, and, and you actually write a review, and I see your name, and it's 100, guess what? I'll give you a free ticket to the live podcast that's going to happen. Still not announced, but that's that. Also, if you want to subscribe on Patreon, that'd be great. You know, helps me uh, put food on the table. And at the minute, you know, again, it all falls from the top. It trickles down. My wife and my child are not eating at the minute. I'm just eating all the food. I'm eating pheasants. I'm eating chickpeas. You know, I'm eating hummus, which is made from chickpeas. So... That's what's happening. But anyway, guys, thank you for the podcast. Once again, thanks to anyone that came to my show. Please keep supporting local comedy. There's a load of it going on. The scene over here is brilliant at the minute. If you're going to the Edinburgh Fringe, go and check out Aaron McCann's show. Go and check out Robbie McShane's show, Mickey Bartlett's show. Any other guys from here that are doing shows, check them out. Guys and girls, I know Mary Flanagan's doing a show. Check that out. Just go check everything out. Just go open your eyes, check out and see. And then I'll be back again next week. Love you all. Bye. Oh, and by the way, get a date for Emer. That's what you need to do. Get her a date and bring her to one of my shows because that means there'll be two people definitely. Double date, four people come to my shows. Right, guys, take care of yourselves. Love you. Bye.